0: Thank mm-hmm. you. So it's worth
1: we
2: so great to see everyone uh, here tonight on uh, Good Friday as we are remembering the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, last Sunday, uh, the pastor and myself both preached messages having to do with Holy Week, so we really do pray. I know that it has been uh, really on my heart all week to take each uh, day and to be considering what Christ has been, uh, what He has done for us. And I'll tell you, it's, it really impacted my week. Yesterday, as I thought about Christ washing his disciples' feet after the supper, boy, it really just uh, sparked my heart again to the service that we're supposed to be doing in this world for those that need the Lord. And oftentimes we forget that. Uh, but tonight, we celebrate uh, the death of our Savior. And while we don't celebrate, we, uh, we remember We remember what He's done for us. And tonight we're going to come and we're going to go through these scenes and think of those things. And uh, I'm going to explain just a little bit in a moment how the program this year is a little bit different. But before we do that, we want to welcome you here. We want to open up with a word of prayer and with a hymn. So we're going to open up in prayer. And then Daryl's going to come around and lead us in a hymn. uh, And I'll give you some idea of of what we're going to do tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we come to you tonight with our hearts uh, overwhelmed by the the week that you have uh, given us already. The times of worship, the times of wonder, when we think about your sacrifice for us, when we think about, dear God, how uh, all along the way you knew that you were going to redeem us. You knew the price that was going to have to be paid, and you were willing still to go. And we are so thankful for it. Tonight as we come and consider... Uh, Your death on the cross for us. Your resurrection from the grave. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that the old story would not lose any of its wonder. But we would come in tonight and once again be overwhelmed by the goodness of God in our life. And absolutely blown away that a God like you would love us. We're so thankful for that and we praise you for it. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen, Daryl. Come around. One seventy-one.
3: Everybody stand. Did I say one seventy-one? Seventy-one. Seventy. will ever be true its shame and reproach gladly bear then he'll call me someday to my home
2: seated tonight. And uh, again, we're just so thankful that you've come and joined us. And it's good already to see folks just praising the Lord. And we do. We want to honor and cherish the old rugged cross, what it means to us. Uh, It has brought us victory. Amen. So tonight's program is going to be a little bit different. Uh, In the past, a lot of times we have lots of acting. Uh, We have different scenes that play it out for each song. Uh, but this year we're not going to do it quite like that. There'll be some songs that will have scenes that'll play with them. But it was really on my heart this year that hopefully we could really meditate on the songs and think about the words that were going to be in those songs. We work really hard, especially uh, Andrea and Daryl and all of the folks that are doing it, to, to come up with the songs that, that, just have, that are full of meaning that are full of Scripture. And the songs that we're going to use tonight, they are. They are full of Scripture. And they speak so well of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so tonight, you're going to hear some songs that maybe you haven't heard before. And I really encourage you uh, to focus in on the words, to focus in on the praise. Even from time to time before the song is sung, I'm going to kind of give you an idea of what some of those words might be and how they're all leading us to who Jesus Christ is and what He has done for you. And you know, I say this every year at Easter, but it's like God does something unique for me every time that I take this this week and even the time before to focus on who He is. And in the past, I've I've been one of those people that Hey, let's not make it too, uh, too egocentric about our relationship with Christ, but that, you know, we need to be careful it's not all about me. But I don't know what it is, but this year Christ has reminded me personally of how much He loves me. And it's blessed my heart. And it's once again brought me to a place where I just stand and I'm amazed that He would be considerate of someone like me. That he would even take the time to know who I am, yet let alone send his son to die on the cross for me. I have a personal Savior. And I'm hoping tonight before we leave that you'll know him as your personal Savior as well. So tonight we're going to move through these songs. We're going to take some time with them. In, In our little thing that we wrote up, it has Mike Preach's song. Mike Preaches song. You're going to get lots of Mike preaching tonight, amen? Hopefully, you're okay for that. But we're just wanting the Lord to move in each and every part, and we want you to consider these songs that are just so full of Scripture uh, and let them be a blessing to you. You know, the Bible tells the story, and it reveals to us a little bit slow at first, but it reveals to us God's plan of salvation and redemption for mankind. We see that from the very moment that man sinned in the garden, when Adam sinned, we see that God says to Adam and Eve that there is going to come one, and the serpent will bruise his heel, but he will bruise his head. And all of the sudden... We saw from the word of God and from the mouth of God himself that God was telling us, hey, I'm not leaving you alone. Your situation is not hopeless. But let's just face it, what a mystery that had to be. That's not a lot of information, is it? All we know is that there is some hope. But we see throughout the course of the Bible That God is slowly revealing his plan of salvation. He starts to also reveal himself to mankind. As man goes so far away from him and sin becomes rampant on the earth. uh, And at one point God has to destroy every person on the planet except for Noah. We see that God is still revealing himself slowly and slowly to mankind. And then one day, a man named Moses finds himself on the backside of the desert. He's a part of God's people, but he's not exactly sure who he is. And God comes to him in that flaming bush. You've heard it, haven't you? You, Hopefully you've heard that story. And Moses says, what do I call you? Who are you? And he says, I am. And when he says, when you tell them who sent you, you said, I am that I am has sent me. God was telling Moses, I am everything that you need. I am Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. He's my beginning and he will be my end. He encompasses all things, and by the power of his hand, he sustains every living thing in our galaxy. He is the door. He said, I am the bread of life. He said, I am a fountain of living water. If any man drinks after me, he'll never thirst again. He said, I am the good shepherd lay down my life for my sheep. I am everything that you ever need. I am.
3: I am the one for whom nothing is too hard. I am the shepherd, and I am the door. Fights for-
2: that He's everything that we need. God has been revealing Himself to mankind through His Word, through who He is, what He does, and how He relates to them with the tabernacle, with God's people. All of those things are amazing, again, as He relates to mankind. But what is also so amazing is that God, while He deals with us Corporately, he is so very interested in dealing with us personally. As a matter of fact, he has this interesting way of kind of doing both things at once. And while he'll do something over here, it's just pointing to something in my life that, that it shows me how much I need him, that shows me how much he loves me and how much he cares for me. We are really hoping tonight that as we start to bring these things to light and as we start to point our gaze and our eyes upon who Jesus Christ is and, uh, and how He has been revealed throughout the Word of God and the things that God's Word said about Him, we're really praying that as we show all of these things that what it will really start to show is how much you need Jesus Christ. We're hoping that you'll start to see in your own heart and in your own life that, you know what, this Jesus Christ, he's done this for me. This next song that we're going to sing, well, Emma's going to sing it. She's going to do a great job, I can tell you that. But let me just tell you, it speaks about one woman who came and worshipped Jesus with everything that she had. And why did she do that? Because she understood what Jesus had done for her. See, there's a couple of things here as we start out tonight that you've got to make sure that you, you've got right before you can come and before you can realize how, how much you need Jesus. There's some things that you've got to understand. Number one, you've got to understand who you really are. See, we're really good at telling ourselves how great we are. We're really good, as, and the Bible talks about it all the time, we're really good at deceiving ourselves. As saying, no, no, I'm okay. Satan even likes to whisper that stuff in your ear too. You know, no, you're good. You're fine. But when the truth is, is that we are so far away from God, that our, our sin has just separated us from Him, that we, have, we shouldn't be in His presence at all, and when we come into contact with the Christ, with the Son of the living God, when we come into contact with the God's glory in different places, we should be, we should, we should be absolutely blown away that we shouldn't even be there. But yet pride has crept in. But we're going to see about a woman who she, she, she knew exactly who she was. She didn't deserve anything from Christ. But yet she found forgiveness when she came to him. She knew who she was, and she knew who Jesus was too. She knew that he was the perfect, spotless Lamb of God. And even though she didn't deserve to be in his presence, she had been invited in, and she had been forgiven. And because of that, she pours her praise. On Jesus Christ. You know, when we start, if you don't come on here on Sunday mornings, that's okay. I hope you go wherever you go. But on Sunday mornings, when we come in here, there's folks that start to pour out their praise. Amen? And the Holy Spirit starts to move, and we're pouring out our praise. What what is going on there? Well, it's folks that are overwhelmed. They know who they are, And they know who Jesus is. And they come in and they're overwhelmed that once again he comes and ministers to them and talks to them and meets with them. And they're absolutely overwhelmed and they pour out their praise to him. Tonight I hope you know who you are. And I hope before the night's over you'll know who Jesus is. And you'll pour out some praise on him. I've been forgiven. And that's why I love Him so much. Boy, He's worthy of all the praise. As the world was crucifying Him, somehow He said, Father, forgive them. As my sins... Nailed him to the cross. He said, Father, forgive them. I'm in them. Amen. I'm in that group. Jesus Christ. God's plan is being revealed in his son, Jesus Christ. What a plan it was. Nobody saw it coming like this. But the word became flesh and dwelt among us. and We beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And as he walked and as he talked to his disciples and as he healed those people, God's plan was being revealed. The disciples would say things like, there's never been anybody that's done the things that he's done. You remember that story, don't you? The disciples are in the boat, and Jesus stands up when the waves and the storm is raging, and he says, peace be still. And they said, what manner of man that the winds and the seas obey him? The scribes and the Pharisees would hear him teach, and they say, nobody ever spoke like this before. God's plan was being revealed in this man, Jesus Christ. They knew that He was unique. They knew that He was special. But as Jesus came to the end of His ministry, as He saw the cross approaching, He sat down with His disciples and He wanted to reveal even more of his heart, and more of who he was. We just had communion on Sunday, and I can't get over this. Jesus says there in Matthew, with a great desire, I have desired to eat this supper with you. Oh, the desire that Jesus Christ has for you to know who he really is. If ever a time in the Bible you see Jesus being frustrated, it's when he says to his disciples, have I been with you so long and you you still don't know who I am? Do I have to remind you again of, of, of where I come from? Thomas, don't you know that if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. And he is revealing himself to them. Oh, my friend, it's no mistake that you're here tonight. Christ wants to reveal himself to you. He wants you to know who he is. Listen as they, as Jesus comes and shares the Lord's Supper with his disciples.
3: Having me let me reveal
1: sway and my...
2: Revealing himself to be the lamb that was slain. We needed a sacrifice. We needed someone to take our place. God's plan throughout the Old Testament kept pointing to this one Jesus Christ. The Bible says that when they were done with the supper, that they headed to the garden. The Bible says that when they went to the garden that Jesus took those disciples that were the, the, kind of the closest and he said, come with me and sup with me and pray and, and be here with me. The Bible says he went a little bit further. The Bible says that he cried out to the Father. He said, God, if there's any way That this cup can pass from me. Then let it pass. But not my will. But thine be done. God's word is so amazing. Adam was in a garden. When he failed God. He literally chose his will over God's will. And here we see Christ in a garden, but not failing, because He's the true and better Adam. Where Adam came up short, oh well, Jesus didn't come up short. He's the true and better Isaac. Hey, the old—it's all pointing to Jesus. His Abraham took that little boy his promised one, his only son. And as he took him up the mountain to make him a sacrifice, it was all pointing to Jesus Christ. Oh, Isaac, Abraham was willing and Isaac was there, but Isaac wasn't the sacrifice. He just pointed to the true and better Isaac. Moses was a great leader of Israel. He was called to lead his people out with great, with great wonder and with great power. The Bible actually says that they came out of Egypt with a high hand. But he's no deliverer like Jesus. <laughs> Jesus has the power to deliver from death, hell, and the grave. He has the keys to all of that, and he is the deliverer of the souls of men. And even when Israel said, we want a king. And they were rejecting God himself. They were given one king named David. And he was a shepherd king. And boy, what a picture of Jesus Christ he is. And even when he failed, the word of God tells us that from his line, from his seed, from who he is, there's going to come a king, and his, his reign will never end. And he was that shepherd king that David was pointing to. Man, what a boy. Our shepherd king. Christ the true and better David. I don't know if you know this, but the whole book is pointing to Jesus. Jesus. the true and better Son of God and Son of Man sacrifice who would climb is pointing to this man, Jesus Christ. Everything that we see in the Old Testament, these pictures, these types, are pointing us to what Jesus was going to do for us. They pointed to the perfect life that He would lead. They pointed to even the birth that He would have. They pointed to the death that He would die. That was hard for the disciples to understand. Even now still, sometimes I feel that's even hard for me to understand. Even though I know the the logic and the scriptures, I understand the theology, I think somewhat, of that I need a sacrifice to pay for my sins. But yet I look at the sinless one and still think, why should he have to die? It shouldn't have to be this way. But yet it is. And he has died in my place, carrying my sin. It's my shame and my sin that placed him there. And when I stare and look at the cross, and when I see what he has done for me, It's that image that ought to still break our hearts. See, we've tried tonight to introduce you to to who this man is. Oh, what love. Oh, what a unique man. But it's when we come to the cross of Calvary that the real decision has to be made. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died. My richest gains I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. Do you come to the cross still and go, oh, what a story. Oh, what a miraculous thing. Or do you still, or do you look at it and say, it was my sin that placed him there? The Prince of Heaven died for us. We ask you tonight to survey the wondrous cross. when I look at Christ on the cross think of those words that were just sung at the end it demands my life it demands my all oh what love was bestowed upon us that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us oh I hope that you hope you already kind of know who you are. I hope we're doing an okay of letting you know who Jesus is and what he's done for you. But here's where the story gets good. Death tried to defeat him. Satan tried to keep him in the tomb. But he could not. We believe very strongly here and are putting a great emphasis on it in the physical, bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was necessary for my redemption. I did, I, it's not enough for me to have a, a, a type. We had plenty of types in the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, the book of Hebrews tells us that all of the blood and the goat, of the blood of goats and animals that was shed, that could never atone for my sin. It had to be the blood of a spotless lamb, a holy lamb. It had to be the blood of one that was like me. And God became flesh. Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary and He paid the debt for me by the shedding of His own blood uh, and it purchased my redemption. But the seed that they planted in the ground in Jesus Christ, it had no corruption. And the grave could not hold it. And it sprang forth to life again. And he came out of the grave victorious. And he triumphed over every bit. And the promise comes to me that all of those who die in Christ will spring forth to life everlasting. Like the second Adam. So, very early that first Sunday morning, Jesus, as he laid in the tomb, lifeless and still. All of the sudden, God touched him, and his heart began to beat. And the blood that brought us peace with God started racing through his veins. I don't know if you... We believe that he is alive. He's not a ghost. He is alive. And the blood that has no corruption in it is running through his veins. And then he breathed in. And that heavy air that was all around him, that had nothing to it, that heavy air, he breathed in. And it was the breath of God once again. And the word of God breathed out. And it was life all around him. And we believe that he stands at the right hand of the Father and makes intercession for the believers. He is alive and he is risen. And we celebrate that. We celebrate it here every Sunday morning. That's what Sunday morning's all about. It's Resurrection Sunday every Sunday. But on Easter, we do it special. And we say, "Hallelujah, He is risen. His heart beats.
3: His heart beats, his blood begins to flow, waking up what was dead a moment ago. And his heart beats, now everything is changed, because the blood that brought us peace with God is racing through his veins. And his heart beats, his heart beats. His living lungs expand, the heavy air surrounding death turns to breath again, and he breathes out his word in flesh once more. The Lamb of God, slain for us, is a lion ready to roar, and his heart beats. So, crown him the Lord of life, crown him the Lord. I know that death no longer has dominion over him so my heart beats with the rhythm of the saints as I look for the seed the king is sown to burst up from the grave so, so crown him the lord of
1: life crown him the
2: Is a great song that we do a lot of times at Easter. It's one lots of people know, because he lives, right? We know that. We love it. And I love that song too. And I love the idea and I love the wonder of it, of the fact that because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Yeah. I was listening to a sermon this morning that was talking about the fact that what happened to these disciples who were so scared and, and were running when Jesus was arrested. And only John was there when he was crucified. And the, and the guy preaching the sermon, he just pointed out the fact of a resurrected Jesus Christ. Spurned them on to the day of Pentecost to be witnesses of what Jesus Christ, that it's risen. he's risen. We are witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You say how do you how do you know that? I know he lives. He lives inside my heart. I know he lives. I spoke to him this morning. I know he lives. He helped me last week when I didn't have anybody else to turn to. I could go and talk to Jesus. I know he lives. We are witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ because he's been resurrected in your heart. I've been born again. I am a new creature because Christ has given me new life. When the disciples went out after Jesus had resurrected, there is so many good things in there that Boy, I encourage you over the next couple of days and even as Easter is over, that you make that some of your Bible reading to see what Jesus did and how he spoke with people. And and the Bible records that up to 500 people that he spoke to and who saw him, visibly saw him resurrected. And John records that, that those people, we've spoke to them. We know, we have this record. And they were witnesses of the resurrection. And now that Jesus Christ, all these years, has been gone, we're looking for His return, and He's coming back one day. We believe it. But right now, those of us that know His forgiveness, that know His love, that know His resurrection power, we are witnesses of what Jesus Christ has done. And He told His disciples I want you to go. I want you to go to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus kept drawing circles. I want you to go here, and then I want you to go here, and then I want you to go here. And I want you to tell everyone of what has happened. We're here this Good Friday to tell you that Jesus Christ is risen indeed. He's risen. And you know what? You got to do something with that. You can't look at it and be, oh, that doesn't pertain to me. It does. And you know what? I think you know that it does. You can try to live your life acting like it really doesn't matter, but it matters. And so we're here to proclaim to you that Jesus Christ is risen indeed.
4: hard to believe. I have faith that you will do greater things. It's my time to go, but before
2: to the piano and have that one song ready. If you've been around us at Nottingham at all, you've been around the preaching and, and who we are here, we are very concerned that, uh, that each individual person, that they have a, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, just like we were just talking about. We're not, we don't want to play at church. We don't want to come in and appease our conscience with some religion That makes us feel better about ourselves and think that we're going to be okay. We understand that when it comes to Jesus Christ and who he is, that without this real relationship with him that produces fruit in the life of a believer, it's very difficult for us to have any confidence in our relationship and the fact that we would leave this life and be with Jesus Christ forever. I love that song so much because he says, listen, I'm telling you guys, I've got to go for a little while. He's like, but I'm promising you that where I go, you can go too someday. It's amazing the promise that Jesus has given, that we can be with him. But the thing is, is if you don't know him, and, and the more that you read the Bible and the more that you see that, in the word of God, you're going to see that, that there's a lot that, that God and Christ are asking of a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I understand the, the trends and I understand that I understand what the word says. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I understand that. But I believe that all of us in here would also agree that we preach the whole counsel of the word of God. That we also see that the Bible says if a branch doesn't bear fruit, he's going to cut it off and throw it into the fire. We also see and understand that those that know and have been forgiven by the grace of God and understand the weight of that forgiveness are going to be forgiving to others. We see something in their life that has changed and evidence that takes place. Just like that maniac of Gadara, the whole town came out and said, what happened to that guy? Jesus happened to that guy. But we somehow think that we're going to, you know, go to church and pray a little prayer, live the rest of our life just as happy as we were before nobody notices as a change we don't even really notice a change maybe after a week of it or whatever and somehow we think that's sufficient enough to get us into heaven can I point you back to the song when I survey the wondrous cross it demands my life it demands my all. As much as I would love to see, give a great invitation that, that would be generalized or whatever, I'm going to try to be real specific. What I would love to see some right now, tonight, Sunday morning as well, is some people that decide to get serious about living their life for Jesus Christ. See, people come to us and they're broken and we show them the word of God and they don't want to live by it. And then they say, oh, I tried that Jesus thing. It didn't work. Really? He changed my life one day. I was going one direction. He took me in another direction. All of a sudden, the word of God became alive to me. I needed it every day like it was my daily bread. I started to get hungry when I didn't use his word. I started to see problems in my life develop when I didn't use his word or forsake for worship or forsake being around his people. We have brought you to the cross one more time to survey what Christ has done for you. What are you going to do with it tonight? Are you going to walk away and say, that's a nice story? Oh, that's pretty. I enjoyed those songs. Are you going to look at the Savior who died in your place? And Are you going to say, I'm going to spend my life showing you how much that means to me? I'm going to get up every morning And let you know how much I love you for taking my place. My life is not my own. I have been bought with a price. I belong to the Lord now. I'm his. Are you his? Do you belong to the Lord? This is our invitation tonight. Mary, you come up here with your Bible. There's other folks around here that would love to take their Bible. Jason, come on up as well. There's other ladies around that if you're a lady and you would like to come and pray with somebody, they would love to show you from the Word of God how you can be saved. You stand with us tonight and you listen as they sing this song. And if you need to come, you come tonight.
1: When I survey the wondrous cross on which the
2: Verse with us were the whole realm of nature mind that were an offering far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Let's sing that together as we close this
1: evening. We're the whole realm of nature.
2: Father, we have certainly enjoyed this evening thinking and considering what Jesus Christ has done for us. Dear Lord, we're thankful for the sacrifice of your son on the cross of Calvary for us. Dear God, we're thankful that in his holy perfection, he could not be held in the grave and that he rose from the grave victorious and the champion of our cause. Dear God, we pray That we would live our lives in such a way that would bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ. That would bring honor to the fact that we have been redeemed. And it would speak of the resurrected life of Jesus Christ. So that a lost and dying world would be able to look at our life. And know that when they see us, they see not of us. Because they know it couldn't be them but it must be something else. And when they ask us for the hope that is within us, we can share with them the good news of a risen Savior. Dear God, we are excited to celebrate this weekend. Dear God, I pray for folks from all different churches that as they go to their church on Easter Sunday morning, that they would shout and praise and lift up the name of Jesus high. He is the lamb that was slain. He is worthy of all the glory and all the honor. In Christ's wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Go to the back and shake hands with some of those disciples. Amen. How deep the
4: Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measures. That he would give his only son To make a wretch his treasure How great the pain of searing loss The Father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory